Yeah. Okay. Begin Podfix Network transmission. In three, two, one. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. Show it's always interesting, usually funny, and mostly true. I'm Clay Groves, licensed fishing guide, your best friend, and uh, I'm so happy to be here. I haven't been putting out as much enough podcasts lately, but I was on the internet the other day, which is where I spend a lot of my time, and I saw pictures of people ice fishing for striped bass. And then two days later, my friend Todd Grubb puts out a YouTube video of his striped bass fishing adventure. And then I couldn't help myself. I immediately sent out a message to Todd saying, I have to talk to you. And so here we are. Todd, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Clay? Uh, this is so exciting. So you, I, I kind of want to get right into this. Before we, before we get into fish ice fishing for striped bass, you've been ice fishing for a long time. Because that's how I met you. I've been following you, your ice fishing adventures for a while. You, you're, you're kind of hardcore about it. That's how I started my channel. I was, mm-hmm. it was ice fishing was the reason why I even like did it to begin with. The right. first day I went ice fishing, I caught my personal best largemouth bass, and I had like a GoPro on me. I recorded it, but it wasn't like you know I wasn't recording like I do now. And that was the day I was like, that's it. I'm starting. Mm-hmm. What's well, amazing? And ice fishing is kind of for people who don't ice fish. We have listeners all over the world. A lot of Australian listeners, believe it or not, who don't have ice fishing, uh, they're fascinated by it. And what is it about ice fishing for you that is so interesting? Um, you know, there's so many key things about ice fishing that make it super cool. Like for one, just the fact that you're, you know, for people like me when I first started, I didn't have a boat. You know, so it's like I could get out on water and go go anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you could go anywhere. You could go to the big lakes and walk right on Sebago, you know. Oh, Sebago, so great. You know, but you're not limited, right? Yeah. It used to be you needed a boat to get into Mitt Romney's backyard in Winnipesaukee. Now you can walk there. It's so cool. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Um, and And the other cool thing about it is, you know, I mean, it's different when you're out on a party boat in the ocean, but like most of the time, like for most of the country that are freshwater fishing, you know, you're on a little bass boat. You got like one, maybe two other people there with you. Mm-hmm. When you're ice fishing, you can invite as many people as you want. Well, oh yeah. I, I took 20 kids ice fishing two days ago. It's amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. We had six inches of water on the ice and three to like maybe two feet of snow on top of that. So it was like walking through glue. It was, it was terrible. And this shared misery is what made it fun for them. It's a day I would have stayed home. (laughs) Well, you know, when you're a guide, you, you go because you don't get paid if you don't go fishing. So, and and you know, on those days where you struggle too, you catch the least amount of fish. Of course. Yeah. So, but but there's something about, there's something about catching a giant fish on a small rod. And that's why your personal best bass was so exciting for you is because it was on like an 18 inch fishing rod or something like that. Usually light test, four or six pound test. And um, for me, ice fishing is about precision and something you can't do on a boat, which is say, I'm going to fish on this coordinate, on this lake, in this exact spot, 
with this exact technique, and you can really dial in some very specific thing with ice fishing that you can't do anywhere else on Earth, I think. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, so, I mean, spot lock trolling motors are changing that a little uh, bit. Oh, you're not kidding. I was trolling on Sebago in the fall for lake trout, right? And we were pulling out tons of lake trout, which is how Sebago is. But yeah. there was a dude sitting with his spot lock on, and he was catching fish hand over fist. Because, and we had to take this half-hour troll to go past the spot where the fish were. And if I had spot lock, I could have sat right there and pulled fish out all day, too. And that was, I was a little jealous of that. It's getting big in the ocean, too, now. You know, some of these, some of these boats are, are now able to have spot lock on them. So, like, it's changing the whole tog fishing game because most of the time, you know, all the good captains, they, can, they double anchor. Mm-hmm. They double anchor so they don't sway. Now the spot lock... Oh, he needs a single anchor and a spot lock, and you're not swaying at all. You're not no, it's anywhere. amazing. You just need some money. That's all I need. I need, I need to get spot lock to sponsor the Fish Nerds podcast, and we can be all set. I'll tag him in this post, and that'll, that'll get him. No, okay, so you make uh, your, 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 your YouTube channel is called Fishing Grubs, right? Yes, sir. All right, and I'll put links in the show notes so people can click through to see that. And, but I want to get into talking about striped bass fishing, because everything else is interesting, but striped bass, bass fishing is a magical thing. And the fact that you did it through the ice. Now, I first saw this on On the Water's Facebook page, yep. and then like three they days l- last year. Yeah. Uh, and they, do, they did it again this year. Too, they right? did. They did I, again that's year. what I saw. I saw it last year. This year, like 10 people shared the link with me to that one. And then you shared your link on a, a Facebook page we both follow, probably Ice Fishing New Hampshire, one of those things. And I went, okay, this is this is craziness. So yeah. so first of all, you figured out you can go ice fishing for striped bass. And this is a coveted secret. Huge. Where, huge secret. So tell us where to catch these fish. So my buddy went last year. Mm-hmm. They didn't tell me where they went. Those I, bastards. I, well, here's the thing. I, I was... Um, Somebody told me about a spot mm-hmm. where there are holdover fish mm-hmm. um, and told me how secret it was. Right. When I looked at it, I thought to myself, holy shit, if there's a cold enough winter, you could stand on this. You could. So, And you got to be brave, though, because some of those waters. Brave, <laughs> yeah. It's brackish, it's yeah. tidal. Yeah. You know, all these places are brackish and tidal. Mm-hmm. The other thing, you got to be really super freaking careful. And I've been mm-hmm. through the ice twice. And I do not want to go through again. I've, I've been through and I've watched people die. So it is a scary thing. So It is yeah. so scary. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying that to me before. Yep. And so, you know, like um, I had somebody look at it last year for me uh, and it wasn't ready. And then... Um, some people fished this spot and I thought it was it. I didn't know if it was, but I figured it was. And, you know, um, my buddy had a note left on his car, like get lost locals only. I love it. (laughs) Drama comes. And it's still like, they never gave that spot up to me or anything, but, um, I, I, I just had a feeling if it wasn't the spot that this spot could still work out. Mm-hmm. And so this year is even colder than last year. And so I kept my eyes on this spot um, whenever I could. It's a far drive. So it's not like you can do it all the time. Right. Where do you, where do you live now? Uh, I'm, I'm in Providence. Providence, Rhode Island. Yeah. So, so. I work down out of Point Judah. 
Okay, so you're down the coast anyway. And I'm guess I have a guess of where you went. I'm not going to say it on air, but I, yeah. I but I, I guess There's it's probably select few places. Like there, could, they could possibly be anywhere from, you know, I would say probably the southernmost part of Maine to, you know, you're probably not going to get any ice past a certain part of Connecticut. That's so where that's I was. It. Yeah, that's uh, what you're limited to. You're very, a very limited area. By the way, I do know in New Hampshire where there are year-round freshwater striped bass. I'll tell you about that later. Freshwater. Oh, Which well, they're, they're, they, they've, they've chosen to landlock. They've self-selected. The, the and, fish themselves or people? No, the, the, the fish have access to the ocean. They just migrated in and never left. And so I can awesome. tell you, I'll tell you about that later. So off air. Really, really cool. <laughs> I know yeah. people who catch them, who, who catch big stripers way up in New Hampshire. So, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's cool. I've never done it, but I but I've seen it. <laughs> so let's of, you know, let's get back places, into it. There, uh, there's some other places, like in I believe I was reading something saying um, I think it was on the water actually saying mm-hmm. like in Pennsylvania there's a couple freshwater lakes that have them. Well, in even in Texas, winters they'll freeze yeah. over. Yeah, Texas definitely. Well, like, so 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 people definitely. who don't know, striped bass are anadromous, like a salmon, like a white perch. In fact, they're very similar to white perch. They're close cousins to white perch. They're a true bass, a temperate bass, and anadromous fish can freshwater adapt. I mean, anytime, any, whenever people are fishing like Sebago Lake or or Winnipesaukee, and they're yelling about the smelt population isn't what it used to be. Smelt are not a freshwater fish by nature. They're a man-made fish. They were dropped into freshwater systems because they're anadromous. And any anadromous fish you can landlock. So, so striped bass are no different. So that's just kind of people get their brains on the, where this fish can be pretty near anywhere because of that. Yeah. So it's they took over Lake Mead. Yeah, I've heard Lake that. Lake Mead is insane. They 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 need you to take them off. I, I, I want to do it many, <laughs> as many under twenty-five inches as possible as possible <sighs> in a day. Sounds and great. And they taste so good. Of course they do. And you can take, um, I think it was 20 over 25 inches. Right. And in some places, like in Midwest, they've got hybrid striped bass and white perch. They call them wipers. Wipers, yeah. That's a a bucket list. Me too. Well, fishing in the Midwest too. You know, New Hampshire, we have, you know, like 49, 50 species of freshwater fish. You got in the Midwest, you get 237 or something like that. So it's... It's a lot more variety, and for me, that's that's where the action is. So you got wind of this striped bass population, this under the ice that was safe to go, safe enough for you to go venture for. Not how much? Wind. What's that? that? That window was open, and now it's closed already. It doesn't take long, especially that brackish water. It disappears so fast. Brackish and tidal. Right. So, so that wa- those ice, that ice goes away all by itself. Fast. So you got wind. You grabbed a bunch of friends. You grabbed your audio, your video equipment. I got the the guy. That, you know, one of the guys that takes me out on the salt water all mm-hmm. the time, brings me out fishing for stripers more than anyone else. Um, he was my number one. He's also a guy that has 20 plus covers of On the Water magazine. Um, and he's one of my best buddies here in Rhode Island. And then I took, I told the kid that I knew went the year before that I was going to try this spot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm in. <laughs> uh, well, you have to go. Have to. And you have he, to go. He, yeah. He was stoked because he's a scalper, and he was uh, he uh, he was like almost about to go offshore. So he's pumped. He even he hit the window. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So I, I, I watched the video and, you know, you do this great kind of build up on your videos where you come in do this voiceover work and it's kind of your excitement talking about setting the story up. And then you get on the ice, you drill your hole, you drop down your underwater camera and you see these fish. What was your first kind of like reaction to that? Um, well, the thing is, is that it, I set up that video a little bit differently. Um, that was actually day two. Oh, so day one, you didn't see him. So you they wanted to bring the camera. Oh, but they were so difficult, mm-hmm. right? They were so finicky. The amount of fish I saw on the fish finder that did not bite was outrageous. And so I was like, Joey, we got to come back. Mm-hmm. We have to come back. I have to get this on film. I need to see what they're doing down there. And so I went back on day two and exactly what I thought was happening was happening. Most of them were just cruising right by us. Right. They don't care one bit. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And it was, it's so dark. The water there was so murky. So like I brackish. a bunch of footage that I didn't put in of just the shadows of other fish that just were just swimming by constantly. It was insane. Yeah, it's crazy. No, it's interesting because I find that sometimes I go white perch fishing, you know, as a guide, and we see it on the sauna. We saw clouds of these fish everywhere, and we'll have days where they won't eat anything, and they'll come swim right past your bait. They'll touch your bait, but won't bite it, and I feel like I saw the same thing in your video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the stripers, two of them, one of them, like, really went up to the shiner and, like, literally nudged it with his nose. They just push it. The other one sucked in the like the the floppy part of the worm mm-hmm. meanwhile the hook was like right there and then yeah. it just went but just yep. spit it right out that yep. was all we got interesting my daughter who's been white perch fishing since she was two years old she's like the best white perch fisher i've ever seen <laughs> when she's watching fish on the sonar she knows that because we've seen it on video too white perch do the same thing back straight back there i mean they're essentially the same behavioral fish yeah, so she'll be jigging for white perch. swim together well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're both temperate bass, both close cousins. And, you know, white perch is a terrible name for a fish because <laughs> white perch aren't even, even a perch. But she'll be jigging for him on the sonar, and she goes, Dad, when I, the reason I catch twice as many fish as you is when those lines light up, I know that white perch is sucking the bait into his mouth and spitting it out. Because I've seen it on your video camera. Just <laughs> So what I do when those lines on the sonar line up, I just set the hook every time. And she outfishes me like three, four to one every time That's because she, and she can visualize since she was three or four years old, this was happening. And she's always outfished me because she knows what those fish are doing. That's so smart. She just assumes they're, it's in their mouth and she goes, they're going to suck it in and spit it out. So when they suck oh, it in, I set the hook. On yeah. the video, you, when you see him doing it, you can't feel it. No, no. I mean, like, I mean, like I fish with video a lot too. Have you ever fished like for pickerel with video? Because yeah. I, I was jigging a one eighth ounce jig with a maggot on it on a video, and I had a, a huge pickerel come out and nip the yeah. the maggot off the hook. I saw him do it. I never felt him. Just delicate, and and so people think these fish aren't can't feel the world around them. Just like you can pinch a thing with your fingers, they can do that with their mouth. They have that yeah. kind of sensitivity. It is their fingers. Yeah. It is their fingers. It's their, how yeah. they sense the world around them. So yeah. you figured that out, but you did add, eventually you caught some of these guys. Yes. Uh, tell me, tell technique. me technique first, and then we'll get into how you did it. How timing. Well, you know, the, the technique was to entice them first. Mm-hmm. And we were all doing like different things, the same thing, swiping right. around up and down. 
you trying anything possible. And then as soon as they were on us, we had to like kind of stop. Right. And then I would just kind of lightly lift like what your daughter was doing only. I wasn't just setting the hook. Maybe if I was just setting the hook, I probably would have caught some more. You never so know. I was lightly lifting. And then when I knew it was there, you Boom. know, I felt that like resistance the was, yeah, it was just, and then I was setting the hook and I lost five. Of course you did. Yeah. Five fish doing that. I felt, I felt it just go like rip right out of their mouth. I don't know if they just had the piece of the worm. What were you, go. what were you using? It was a jig. One sixteenth ounce jig. With what um, kind of bait? With a, uh, a, a worm. Wait, like, like a, a night crawler? Yeah. Wow, simple. Same it as white perch. It's white perch fishing. That's all you're doing. It was all we were doing. And yeah. we caught a couple too. I caught yeah. two, two. Massive three. ones. You caught big ones. Yeah. 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 All right. So take me through. You took how long before you caught that first striper? How much time? I took the whole, the whole first day. Whole, and we were talking three hours, eight hours. We were um, talking five hours. Five hours. I did. I'd been. I would have left by then. <laughs> yeah, I uh, the screen was so lit up. My buddy Lucas, who had done it the year prior, mm-hmm. had three already, and mm-hmm. Joey oh. finally had caught two. Okay, so before you caught it, you saw success next to you. That that would motivate me to stick it out longer. Okay, yes, especially for the, a fish that could possibly be like the biggest fish I ever catch on the ice ever, and you may not get another shot at it. You yeah, never know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I, I know you. You're going to go back for it again, but, but I will <laughs> if I'm around. You know, like it, and the stars have to align, dude. They do. The past five, like besides last year, it had been like five years before it froze. Right. It's got to be perfect conditions right. and and safe. So you hook this fish up. You, and you know it's a solid hook set. You know you're, you know you're not going to lose this one. You, you feel it coming to the hole. What goes through your head? I mean, my every time I even hooked all the five I lost, my heart rate, I don't know. I do this a lot. Me too. When it's something in, like when a fish like really gets me, I always feel my pulse. Mm-hmm. And I just like, it could feel my heart rate just like through the roof on all the ones I missed. I'm like, oh my God. Like I get the chills. Oh yeah. The willies. Oh, you lose a fish and you have to walk around in circles on the ice for 20 minutes to like get your brain mad. back? Yeah. Usually I'm mad. On yeah. these these ones, I was getting the chills. Yeah. Because I knew that like this was this was going to happen. When you right? when you lost a fish, do you need to like walk it off? When I lose a big fish, I have to walk in circles oh, for yeah. a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But these for these, it wasn't like that. Right. It was more of like a euphoric like mm-hmm. like I I was getting the chills just cuz I was like, "Oh my god, I'm one step now closer." You're so there. Yeah. Right. If I can lose five, I can catch one. I hope that's the hope. Yeah. So when I hooked this fish, it was, it was immediate. Like, and I knew I had him and I got him good. Um, and he was, he was, you know, fighting, but I had him on my Laker rod too. Good thinking. I was using my Laker rod. Smart. So I, my fish, although it was one of the biggest ones we got that day, pulled less, you know, didn't get as much on the dry. It was a 20 pound floral. Here's the thing, the big, one of the big things, maybe a reason why I didn't catch as many too. Lucas was using braid to like eight pound fluoro mm-hmm. and I was using like 20 pound fluoro or maybe 15. I can't remember mm-hmm. what I spooled it up with last year. For so no braid, just fluoro. Just straight fluoro. So it could have, that could have been like too much bounce when I was trying to set those hooks. Right. That braid just snaps right in. Braid just, bam. Yeah. You know, and all the have braid. is the yeah. So, you know. I never know. You could have lost him anyway. You, it's, you can always second th- guess everything. So 
The reason why I did the fluoro is because my buddy who Laker fishes, he said that's that's what you do. And that's why that rod was set up that way. You know? And you had it. <laughs> what are you gonna like restring? You can just take what you got and go fishing. I had it and that's I don't usually use braid when I uh ice fish. Right. I know a lot of people who who prefer it. I I'm a, I'm not a I'm not a braid guy, but I can't yeah. tie knots in braid. That's why I don't bother with it. I've gotten so much better at it over the past like year and a half. This saltwater fishing stuff has really changed me in so many ways. Oh, I love I love salt. I grew up saltwater fishing. So freshwater fishing is something that's newer to me than saltwater fishing. So yeah. um, <laughs> as a freshwater guide, I still love I love the salt. All right, so you hook this fish. You're fighting him to the hole. You finally see his face come through the hole. You must be like breathless. Like, how do I land this thing? Oh yeah, because that's I, when you lose fish. Is at the hole. You know stripers sometimes they're they're like a stronger smallmouth. Yeah. Oh when god. They, yeah. They yeah. don't want to open that mouth. They will mm. freaking keep it close. So I'm like, I was trying to shove my thumb in his mouth for a minute. Mm -hmm. He would not open his mouth. So I just Yellow. like, I had to just put my I put my arm in and just scoop the whole damn thing. Yes. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I encourage everyone to go look at the Fishing Grubs YouTube channel, subscribe to it, and watch this video because it is uh, it's truly a remarkable thing and a rare treat you've got to do. And, and you didn't keep any of these fish. Absolutely never. Well, they, no. and none of them were keeper size. I would say the closest two were Lucas's first and my, only, my one the first day. Um, they were still under keeper i think i would say maybe his was the biggest probably close to 26 inches that's a monster fish to the ice though that's a monster. the ice was amazing yeah and they're strong dude they're stripers oh yeah it's no joke um yeah. and uh and he, like i said he was using eight pound fluorocarbon leader like adult you can see it on the video too the first fish he catches he's he's like oh my god i probably should change down my leader line <laughs> i heard him say that but he got the fish out of the water and that's and that's really what matters, right? Yeah. And then yeah. so the next day when we went back with the camera, because we were going to focus on one hole and like really try and just get these fish on film, we put out a few traps. Mm -hmm. And I actually ended up getting my second striper on the ice ever uh, on a tip-up with a, with a shiner. I saw that. And so what would you prefer, rod or trap? Oh, all day rod. Oh, yeah. You know, when I first got into ice fishing, it was all traps. Mm -hmm. Now I hardly ever even want to bring them. I hate setting them. I hate the whole effort for a trap. It's yeah. I, I catch probably eight or eight, eight or nine times more fish on it on a jigging rod than on a trap, and it's just so much effort. Yeah. The thing is, is if you're bringing other people that have never iced fish, it's the way to go. Which also is more of a pain in the ass for you because you're setting up more and more traps for all these extra people. Oh, you God. have to maintain them because you're the one yep. that knows what the hell you're doing. My my first year guiding, I thought, you know what? I'll go out. I'll bring four people fishing, five traps. I'll put twenty traps out. And the reputation flags all day. I put 20 traps out. We caught 20 fish on jigging rods, zero on traps. It was, it, it was five degrees out and windy. It took me an hour and a half to pick all the traps up. I got frostbite. And I, I burned about half of those traps. And now if I do put traps up, it's one per person. Like I, I cannot. I just cannot even figure out why people love traps so much. But once in a while, you get a monster on a trap and it's worth the effort. So it's... It's true, yeah. and that is it. That's you know, like in it. I guess it would depend on what you're fishing for. You know, if you're going for pike, you put out some traps. That's what. Yeah, my biggest pike was 44. It was on a trap with a golden shiner. So I guess, uh, yeah. <laughs> but with it, you could put out a couple of traps, and you can jig up huge perch all day while you wait for your striper exactly. for your big fish to come. Exactly. So pass the time, have fun. That's what mm -hmm. jigging. 
I oh, I'm all about small fish. So. <laughs> all right. So, so you got these big stripers. Uh, you ended with some great underwater footage. It's really shadowy, but you really can get a good idea what these fish are doing. And the footage you took with your underwater camera might be really unique because I've never seen underwater footage of ice fishing for stripers before. Exactly. I put ultra rare underwater footage because I looked online and I have not seen anyone else that has underwater footage of mm -hmm. stripers through the ice. Right, which is remarkable. Congratulations. You might be. Congratulations. Well, it's probably um, maybe a dozen people have gone striper fishing through the ice, let alone had underwater cameras, you know, because the ice is so unpredictable in those areas. Um, but it's 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 really amazing, and what a cool thing that you've done. How long has your YouTube channel been up? Um, we're going on five years, man. Yeah, making a living on it yet? Um, not a living, but it is really it's paying my rent now. That's amazing. I should I've I should have done that instead of podcasting. I've made <laughs> a huge jump in the past year and mm -hmm. a half. The Good. saltwater, the 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 saltwater fishing, and I think honestly. The biggest reason why it's growing faster is because the show is no longer just about me. No. Because of well, doing yeah. the videos on on the charter boat, it is now about a lot of other people. And those people share it with their friends and their family and their friends and family share it with their... And it's become it, it, not just a show about me. Right. You know? And that's, that's a big reason why you know we're growing faster and becoming a really fun community. People come out on the boat now all the time mm -hmm. just to like be in the videos. It's really I cool. Like in five, in five years. I'm working on today is mm -hmm. a group of, of uh, Chinese guys that are a ton of fun that all came because of the show. Yeah. Like all bunch of friends all come just because they've been watching the show and they had a freaking blast. And then at the end, they all took a big group photo with me and it, like, it makes me feel like a damn, like celebrity and oh, I, you know, I, I get that it's hilarious yeah i have i have people who fly <laughs> who fly to come ice fishing with me for tiny yellow perch and they love it and it's so bizarre to me that they do it it's so, so i get that feeling so we can go on we can go on all night uh everyone please go to fishing grubs on youtube subscribe to the channel it's in the show notes you won't regret it uh and if you have any questions todd's available he'll he's there he's a he's a regular person like you just making his way through the fishing world. So it, it's really cool. Todd, thanks for making time for us tonight. Thank you, Clay. All right, so it's been a while since I put out a show. Here's what's been going on. I've been wanting to put shows on. I have so much content, you wouldn't believe it. Just so much. But I don't have is time. I work full-time now as a DJ, so I spend all my day on a microphone. And I get home, my kids are both doing skiing. One is doing cross-country, and one is doing downhill. And that takes up all the time driving kids around. So podcasting has not been my number one priority, even though I still want to keep doing it. And I will keep putting these shows out, just be a little bit different uh, going forward. I'll get them out when I can, and the content may be an interview like you just heard. This weekend, I'm going fishing at the Great Rotary Ice Fishing Derby, which is a statewide derby here in New Hampshire, and I will create an audio journal of that trip. Uh, Doc Martin's got some more content she wants to get to you. We still want to talk more with you guys from Lure Love Podcast over and over. I love those guys. By the way, if you want to keep regular content coming, they are the ones to subscribe to these days. But I'm still here. I'm still with you. I got so much fish in the news I want to get to. Uh, so lots to talk about. But I'm going to leave you this. Leave you with this. That's it. <laughs> That's it. You've listened to a couple of fish nerds when you should have been fishing. Big thanks to Fishing Grubs, Todd Grubb, for 
coming on and talking about ice fishing for striped bass. Thank you, Patreon subscribers, for keeping this show funded. I do appreciate you. Uh, and uh, thanks to Wally Pleasant for our theme music. Until next time, follow the code of the fish nerd, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch with strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. You did it. You got a podcast into your Whether ears. you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the hell of it. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast.